Happy Friday, and welcome back to another audio-exclusive Locked on Suns game preview as the Phoenix Suns head to New Orleans to face the Pelicans in what has turned into a pretty good Western Conference battle. Let's break it down. You are Locked on Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen as we get ready for Suns Pelicans. Maybe not your first listen. I guess the real episode was your first listen. But thank you for being here and thank you for subscribing to the audio feed. These episodes, these little bite-sized preview shows are only available on Spotify or Apple or wherever you get audio podcasts, not on YouTube. So if you're here, that means you went the extra mile, and I appreciate that. But let's get started with the preview. The Suns are in New Orleans, 7, no, 6 o'clock local tip. And let's just start with the Pelicans on offense this time, all right? The Pelicans on offense. They are the 12th ranked, ranked offensive team in the NBA this year right now and a lot of that has been led by their role players making shots cj mccollum has been hot as can be from deep lately herb jones seems to bounce back and forth each year as far as how many of his threes that he makes but we have mccollum making 44 percent of his threes and herb jones making 39 percent of his threes and of course you have guys like Trey Murphy and Jordan Hawkins who are literally there to make shots and that's a big part of why this team is so dangerous they spread the floor for their star players really really well and obviously those stars are Ingraman and Zion they also get to the line really really well 10th in the NBA there and sorry sixth in the NBA there and they are a pretty good offensive rebounding team so that's where they're dangerous. And as we look at the injury report, I don't believe they have anybody major out tonight. No. It's all their end-of-the-bench guys. So this is a powerful team at home that can score a lot of points. One other thing that I want to key in on, though, is their lineups. So most of their best lineups have come with Valanchunas on the court, although in large part that is because they have been without Larry Nance a lot of the season. He is a guy that always seems to be hurt. But the best offensive lineup of the groups that have played a lot of minutes, it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting one. Their very best high-minute offensive lineup has Dyson Daniels on the court in place of C.J. McCollum. A little weird because he's not much of a shooter. He can offensive rebound. He can make the right pass, so that helps, but okay, data point. And then the other one is uh, McCollum, Murphy, Ingram, Jones, and Valanchunas, which means no Zion. So their current starting lineup even though the guys around the star players have been really good this year, 
it's not clicking. It's not defending well. It's not scoring well. It's a minus overall. So to me, that's kind of, I know that's a little bit more of a Suns on offense thing is sort of hit the ground early, but it's just to point out that they are not a team when their starters have been on the court together that has always been able to overpower opponents. Let's talk about a little closer, though, how the Suns are going to need to stop them. I think, obviously, it starts with don't foul them, right? And that's easier said than done. They, uh, as a team, the Pelicans, are eighth in terms of the proportion of their shots that come at the rim. That is a very, very good number, but they don't have the best finishing mark. They're 18th in that category, whereas it's kind of the inverse when it comes to threes. They don't take a ton of threes, but they're fourth in the NBA in making those shots. So, and then uh, they're high up in both making and taking middies. But that makes sense, right? McCollum, Zion, well, Zion doesn't take mid-range shots. McCollum and and Ingram is is what I should have said. That's where they kind of live, similar to the Suns guys. So, okay, let's talk about matchups, right? Now that we kind of know as a team what they are. The fact that McCollum is playing so well presents a very difficult challenge for this team. And that's one of the, maybe an even more basic reason that they've been playing so well. The shooting and everything else is part of it. But when you just have three guys who can create a good shot at a high level, it's hard to it's hard to guard. I mean, Suns fans, you don't need me to tell you that, right? The Suns are built that way as well. But when McCollum, Ingram, and Zion are all going, it's hard to stop. So... I would expect Beal will guard McCollum. I keep saying that it'll be Allen, and it hasn't been, so I'm going to stop saying that. The Suns are treating Bradley Beal as their number one point-of-attack defender, and so he'll guard the most pesky point-of-attack scorer, and that will be McCollum, of course. I would think that they'll put Booker on Herb Jones, and then Grayson Allen... I guess... I guess Grayson Allen will have to be guarding Ingram. Yeah and Durant will be guarding Zion. Now, the Zion part of it is, I think, where you have to focus. We know that Ingram can cook Grayson Allen if he gets going, but Ingram, to me, has always seemed like a very rhythm-based player. There will be some games where he's he's just kind of confident, making quick decisions, getting fouled, and kind of playing his little tricky game. And there's other nights where it's like, you know, just kind of taking spot-up threes, maybe posting up here and there when, you know, the other guys are off the court and he's very stoppable when he's playing like that. So I think you can survive against Allen with Allen on Ingram, at least to start the game, feel out whether it's going to be one of those nights and maybe make your adjustment from there. Maybe it's a game where we see Metu more involved as a Zion defender so that Durant can guard Ingram, or we see uh, potentially Bates Diop, whatever. But the Zion one is maybe the more interesting matchup because the Suns don't have a perfect answer for it, right? So it kind of has to be Durant just by the way that things trickle down, at least to open the game. But the thing I said on the regular Friday episode of, of, the, of the podcast is still how I feel. You don't guard Zion with one player because his whole game is predicated upon beating whoever is guarding him in the middle of the floor, out on the perimeter, even in the post sometimes. And 
it's it's about what do you do after that if you're talking about the Suns on defense, right? So I would expect that the Suns will enter this game with a game plan to not let Zion go to his strong hand as much as you can, but to not have Durant try to like body Zion and generate the uh, create the risk of fouling him or Durant just getting beat up. What I would expect is for them to sort of have a, a game plan in, in place of how and when to help on those drives, where to help from, and then to just be ready to rotate when he passes. There's been a lot of games lately where Zion is not super involved. There's a lot of games where he takes like eight to 10 shots, has, you know, three to six assists, and it's just sort of a, you know, 15, five, and three box score, and you're just wondering how this dude, what happened? But that's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. We'll see. But if he's in for another game like that, which has been the norm lately, that's a, a beatable player and not somebody that you have to adjust for overall. So this team is just so funky. And it, it really is sort of a wait-and-see type of thing as far as which of their guys is going to be the one you have to kind of put out a fire with. But the most important thing is to be ready to help and rotate and be on your P's and Q's when it comes to that stuff so that you're not allowing them to get easy open shots and, and get that rhythm, right? Make Herb Jones take relatively contested threes. Don't let Valanchunas gobble up offensive rebounds. You know, don't let Zion operate in open space if you can avoid it. Those are sort of the things you have to do, and you just hope that if you're sound on defense and executing, nobody ends up in the you know explosive scoring category. Let's go on to the Suns on offense after a quick break. All right, let's round this audio preview, audio exclusive game preview of Locked on Suns out now by talking about the Phoenix Suns on offense. Now, uh, the Suns are up in terms of their ranking in offensive rating to eighth, making making their way up slowly but surely. They're knocking on the door of the Denver Nuggets. Um, and I've talked about this throughout the week, right? The number one thing the Suns are doing really well right now on offense is that they are um, they're not fou- they're getting fouled. They're getting fouled. They're getting to the free throw line. And if they can replicate, even if they don't play super duper small, if they can replicate the pace and the passing and the energy that they played with on Tuesday against the Kings for the last 18 minutes of that game, last quarter and a half of that game, I think that they can take a lot of threes. And they're going to have to. I know I said that the Pelicans don't overall take the very most threes that they can every night compared to some teams, but that's also heavily dependent on who's playing. And if they continue to play Jordan Hawkins over Jose Alvarado and even over Dyson Daniels, while, you know, the rest of their role players and even star players continue to take threes, they sort of change what they are. On the other night, the Pelicans took 47 threes. So the Suns need to keep up with that, is my point. 
So those are kind of the focuses, right? I think the Suns have been better on the offensive glass lately than they were to start the season, so they are up to sixth in that category. And the Pelicans are purely a mediocre rebounding team because Valanciunas doesn't play all the time, and Zion's not a great rebounder. So I think the Suns could get some easy points that way, but I think primarily the easy points are going to come behind the three-point line if they can generate open threes by their star players, forcing the Pelicans to rotate and help, and then finding the open guy, and by getting to the free-throw line. And as much as we maybe know that the Suns are in for it a little bit from an adjustment standpoint. Because Zion is not a great defender, and because McCollum is not a great defender, the Pelicans also have to kind of play a, a matchup game every night. They're a unique team in ways that help them and that hurt them, right? So is Zion going to guard Kevin Durant? I mean, that's the, it's the basic question you have to answer, right? And so... That's kind of the inverse of the small ball conversation we've been having after that Tuesday night game is that there's going to be a lot of games where the Suns staying big is actually better for them. What happens if, okay, the starting lineup, Zion sort of has to guard Durant, and if he doesn't guard Durant, then he's, what is he chasing? Is he chasing Grayson Allen around screens? Is Valanchunas guarding Bradley Beal? Like, where, where are you going, right? Zion has to guard. KD to start the game and they will probably do their own version of helping against Duran and switching and doing whatever they can to avoid Zion being put in a bad position but if I'm the Suns I'm running Kevin Durant off pin down screens and forcing Zion to either track him or forcing them to switch so much that a mismatch creeps up elsewhere and now you're just playing out of you know wrong sized guys trying to defend your star players if you're the Suns But the question I was posing a minute ago, the what if, is what if the Pelicans do go small, maybe even to close the game? And their small ball lineup, if you missed Friday's show, is with Larry Nance at center. It's the same four guys that start the game, but with Nance instead of Valanchunas. Nance is not a great shooter, but he can take threes, and he's a great passer, and kind of dribble handoff guy, and he can drive to the basket if he needs to, attack a close, attack a closeout if he needs to, everything else. What happens if they play that lineup and the Suns stay big? I'm not actually sure that benefits the Pelicans, right? The, there's a difference in the NBA between small ball lineups that force adjustments and small ball lineups that are reacting to other teams' adjustments. And it kind of feels to me like the Pelicans have a reactionary small ball lineup. It's not perfect, and neither is the Suns. So I wonder if maybe this game actually ends up being played big, more than small, because Duran is such a mismatch problem for the Pelicans, and Zion has the potential to be a mismatch problem for the Pelicans, if, or for the Suns, if he's going. But Duran is the trump card there, right? He's the guy who is the king of all adjustment forcers, and you cannot necessarily survive with a bunch of switching and Zion being your best course of action against Durant. 
On the other hand, the Suns do go small, and the Pelicans also go small. That's not perfect either. Because I guess that would allow, if it was Gordon in that other spot, maybe Zion then can be planted out on Gordon, who is really just a floor spacer, and that is a simplified role for Zion to have to handle, and then you have Nance on Durant. Also, haven't gone back to the McCollum side of this, right? Who does CJ McCollum guard? Probably Beal. They'll probably guard each other. I would pick at that. I would run the Beal-Durant two-man game that we saw work really, really well in that Lakers game. If the initial matchup is Durant guarded by Zion and Beal guarded by McCollum, man, if I'm not spamming that. You can't switch it. Durant will post McCollum up. And if it's run well with maybe Durant as one of the guys screening for Beal and then spraying out at, in a pop to the perimeter, that could force a pretty long closeout for Zion. So that's what I would expect the Suns to try to take advantage of. And even if it doesn't work to perfection and you're not going so out of your way to attack that, Mismatches also just force help, right? Mismatches or questionable matchups, they force help. And that's when the fact that the Suns have so much shooting on the court really goes a long way. I don't think I mentioned this on the regular Friday podcast, but when Booker, Beal, Durant, and Allen have all been on the court together, I told you how great the offensive rating was. They're making 44% of their threes, no matter who the fifth guy is. So whether that's Gordon in the tiny look, or Valanch- or or Nurkic, I should say, who I don't even think I've said his name yet. They're making 44% of their threes. And that's because of the power of having star players who you have to help on, and spacers who can punish that help, and also just make it hard to help off of them. It's, it's very simple, but that's the point of this whole Suns thing, is that it's supposed to be simple. We're all pulling our hair out about their offense. It's eighth in the NBA. And the blueprint to winning this game is going to be exactly like the blueprint to winning every other game since this big three has been healthy, has been. Outscore them. I'm curious. I didn't look at this ahead of time. Curious what the over-under point total is. 237. So they're saying, you know, 119 apiece would be over. I might take it. The Pelicans just put up 132 on, albeit an awful... Hornets offense, uh, defense, I should say, but still 132 points at home against a a bad team. If they put up 120 tonight, would you be surprised? And we know the Suns can put up more than that. So it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a fun game. The lineup stuff is going to be fascinating. The personnel stuff is going to be fascinating. Willie Green is not afraid to just change the rotation too. Like I said, they've been playing their shooters. Maybe they don't tonight. Maybe it's Dyson Daniels more and Alvarado more because they know they need to guard the Suns star small guys we'll see i'm excited i will have a recap show for you because i have a feeling this one will be close on saturday during the day so return here hit subscribe or follow if you haven't already to get that show enjoy the game and i'll catch you guys on saturday